Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. I'm actually doing a quick little intro here to a podcast I'm going to release to you where it was a video uh, of a, an interview that we did with some of our wholesalers that we're working with in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, their names are Carrie and Melissa Dotson, super awesome couple. We were actually doing a private implementation workshop in St. Louis just a few days ago. We had about eight or 10 clients there, private clients, and we were working with them, setting up their systems and their marketing, and it was a lot of fun. I enjoy doing these and um, so I wanted to interview, we just did a really big deal, crazy deal. It was from a driving for dollars, and we skipped trace the owner, we called him, and uh, we made about 20 grand on it. And it's awesome, because we were talking about at the workshop, you know, some people have to get over this mentality of, like, I, I can only make three to five grand, or I live in a special market. My market's different, right? I can only make three to five grand. And I've heard that for years, ever since I first got started going to the local RIA groups. You hear all the Debbie Downers tell you, you can't make more than, you know, 3000 or 5000 is average. That, that's BS. I call bull roar to that. I had a calculus professor in engineering school who would say bull roar all the time. So I call bull roar to that. I don't know how you spell it, but it's bull roar. You can make more than five grand. You can make 10 to 20 grand on wholesale deals. So don't remove that limitation out of your head. Get rid of that. And so we were talking and Gavin said, yeah, you know what? We just did a $20,000 deal the other day. So we got Carrie and Melissa on the phone and we just interviewed them real quick for a little 20-minute interview. And so I'm just going to do the audio of this podcast and send it to you. And it's pretty cool. Just kind of a little bit of inspiration of, yeah, you know what? I need to start thinking bigger. I need to start thinking out of the box and expect bigger profit deals. Do you understand what I'm saying? Critical, important. <laughs> it's so cool too because Carrie and Melissa, they went to a workshop similar to this in San Diego that I did about 18 months ago, a year and a half ago or so. And they went to the workshop. They signed up for some coaching started working with them and they started doing deals and Gavin just really liked working with them. And he said, Hey, you want to do some deals together? And boy, I don't know how many deals we've done in the last 18 months together, but they're just awesome. They're so much fun. They're massive implementers. They're doing deals. And it's so funny to see, not funny, but it's like amazing to see their story. It's awesome. I get, I love it. So we we interviewed them and we we did a Zoom live so they could see the room and the room could see them. And I just wanted to take out the audio of that, put it in this podcast so you could listen to it. And you're going to learn some cool things. One of the things that Kerry did was find somebody to go driving for dollars. But he paid them to way too much money. <laughs> 20 bucks an hour, I think is what it was. But still, I don't know, would you pay somebody $20 an hour to drive for a couple days to bring you a deal where you make $20,000? So you're going to learn some little nuggets of wisdom in this. And some of the group that were there asked them some good questions that they answered. Like, you know, do you have to go see the house or inspect the house in person? How do you handle closing, doing deals virtually? 
all that good stuff. So if the audio is a little bad uh, in some parts, we I apologize. We'll try to we, I tried to repeat the questions that you might not have been able to hear. Have a good one. And if you want more information about our next, if you want to work with us and come to our next implementation workshop, we do them maybe once every couple months, maybe once a month, maybe where we work one-on-one with you in a small little group with you, setting up your system, setting up your marketing. We get you a cold calling campaign. We get you the VAs. We get you set up in our CRMs and our systems and our websites and our phone systems and get you the lists and the skip tracing and all of that stuff. We save you a ton of money too because we get big significant discounts. And it's cool. We'll partner with you on deals. The way we do this, it's not exactly coaching program, although it is kind of a little bit of coaching, but it's mainly like, listen, we want to do more deals. And so we're looking for folks to do deals with. So come bring them here to St. Louis. We get everything set up. You leave hitting the ground running. A lot of our clients actually get leads while they're there at the workshop. So it's a lot of fun. If you want more information about coming to the next one, go to coachjoe.net. Coachjoe.net. You get a little video there, me and Gavin talking about it. So enjoy. See ya. Right, guys, how are we doing? Good, good. How are you? Yeah, good. Appreciate you joining us. Uh, we're at our workshop in St. Louis. Here's Joe. Hey. Hey. Here's everybody else. Guys, say hello. <laughs> so I appreciate you joining us. I'll, I'll turn it around so you can talk to them in a second. Um, I think it's important. Obviously, me and Joe stand here and talk about deals, and we've all been to seminars, even though this isn't, this is our coaching program. But we get a lot of flack in this business. Are we doing deals? You know, are we actually making this money doing these checks? And sometimes there's no better way than actually coming from somebody else other than me and Joe. So we've been partnering, you know, over a year. I was just sharing that first deal, driving for dollars, right? Carrie's first deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. That was, in fact, it was almost too easy, deceptively easy, that first one was. Yeah, I know. Tell us a little bit about it. So how did we find it? What did we do? So now this was a newer strategy. We've had the cold calling going. But in terms of the lead gen, what did we do to find this deal? I actually um, advertised on Craigslist that I was looking for people to drive and do some, do some. Uh, I guess I called it property surveillance. And oh. I found uh, somebody willing to do it, offered, <laughs> offered to pay 20 bucks an hour for them to do it. Um, plus, plus a, a percentage of uh, acquisition bonus. And so she came out and did it and um, make a long story short, that p- particular individual didn't work out long-term. I think she only drove for 12 hours total, but this one, I told her which neighborhoods to drive and she drove. Um, uh, I think she got this one on her third day. So she submitted a batch of about 30, prospects that day uh we i sent the list to you you did the skip trace on them and then the va called him and uh he said the note said that he wasn't sure what he'd asked for it i i didn't but because it, that was literally the first driving for dollar lead that got that we where we got a response back from the va yeah. and so of course i followed up on it um right away and scheduled an appointment to see him. We, we saw him the next day and saw the house and the condition it was in. Um, you want me to tell a little bit about this situation, why he was selling? Yeah. 
Okay. Uh, they had already moved out. That was the reason uh, my driver wrote it down. It looked obviously vacant. It was a time of year where the leaves had covered the driveway and all those leaves were just undisturbed. So you could tell it was obviously not occupied, but it had only been, they had only moved out three months prior because of a, a death in the family. They were having to have their, their um, father, his father-in-law, the, the wife's father, move in with them in that place that they were used to live in had stairs. And so they got another place, had already moved, and they had, they had started to do some demolition work to do some improvement on it. You could sell, tell where they'd taken some walls out. But overall, I mean, it was still decent condition, uh, dated. You know, the kitchen needed to be totally updated. But... You know, they had done their math and figured they would have to spend about $50,000 plus all the sweat equity to to finish it. And they were just tired of it at that point. And he was, when when Melissa and I were visiting with him, he just told me the number he wanted. And I knew right away, I said, you know, he's, he's asking a pretty reasonable amount given the condition. So we didn't even try to negotiate. We just said, well... If that's what works for you, then, then let's try to make that happen. And um, that was before the holidays and before the government shut down. So there were a few delays getting into closing. But about seven weeks later, we we cl- closed and collected about a $20,000 spread on that one. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And it was good. I mean, we got, uh, you could say it was lucky because obviously we got, we got that deal fast, right? When it was the first one in. Uh, we got it, and we didn't have to negotiate too much. But here's the thing. You've got to be in it to win it, right? Right. So by going through the process – sorry, carry on. The only thing I was going to add is it was interesting because he sat across from the closing table. They both said, you know, we feel, we feel that this was God's timing because your call came at a time where we were asking ourselves, what are we going to do with this? But what I, what I found interesting was he also said, hey, I just got a postcard in the mail from somebody else yesterday who took a picture of my house and mailed it to me. So we've got competition out there, you know, doing the same thing we were doing. We just happened to get there first. Absolutely. That's awesome. And how, um, what have you been with the VAs and the process, how it's changed from, obviously, you guys with Big Direct Mail, we've gone into cold calling now. It's changed a lot. Um, well, you know, what do you think to the whole setup, the system that we're running now compared? I love it. I'll let you speak to that. <laughs> yeah. So funny enough, Gavin, you were all, you know, I was dead set. There's no way cold calling is going to work. Uh, we had that conversation and I thought this is never going to work. Nobody else was doing it around here at the time. And of course I was uh, very wrong. Uh, now I don't see why direct mail works. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, it's just so much better, like the system. I told Carrie a lot of times that we would not be where we are had it not been, obviously, for partnering with you and having all your systems in place because that's what we were missing. We could generate leads all day. The hard way, it was having the system to follow up with those leads and and know what to do with them. We were just covered up. Um, And when you came in and put all the systems in place, it was like, wow, um, that's what we were missing. No, absolutely. Well, I appreciate it. But it obviously, it's down to you. I say every day, you know, when me and Joe talk about it as well, that it still heavily relies on you guys to be to making money, you know, that you have the contracts. You're the one that's making the spreads, right? So they go hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. On average, I mean, what would you say out of our leads that come in? How long does it take? How much follow-up do we do? 
to actually get these locked up, would you say, on average? Uh, probably average. I touch them. I mean, there are some we've touched once and there are some we've touched over a year, but generally uh, probably about six to eight times in one way or another. Um, yeah. Just continued follow-up. So if I don't, you know, the VA, they're kind of warmed up a little bit, but we can't agree on a number or they're just not ready, then I'll follow up with them in a month and then two months and then three months and six months and a year. And um, as a matter of fact, this week we've had two people come back to us that we touched a year ago that said, okay, now I'm ready to do something. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I think a lot of it, you can just sense and detect that they're, sense of urgency when they're ready to do something. Yeah. And it's just a matter of making those touches just to see where they are. The, the vast majority of times you just kind of get stonewalled. They're like, ah, don't leave me alone. You know, and you just, you just put them in the follow up and, and touch them. And eventually they trickle through the funnel and, and uh, you get your volume that way. And I think the thing that I've gotten a lot of, and especially this week with the people that have come back a year later, I actually asked one of them, why on earth, it's been so long. Did you call me back? And the response I got was because you were the one who actually call, called me, followed up. You didn't push. You know, you didn't try to make me sign. You kind of worked with me and listened to what I needed. And when I said, I'll call you when I'm ready, I said, okay, is that, is it okay if I follow up with you later? And they were like, sure. And you followed up. And I still said no. But they came back. So they, I think they get a lot of pushy wholesalers out there who are sign, 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 and that's all they want is the contract. Or they get somebody that calls once and they don't hear from them again. Yeah. 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 A common thing. You know, I can't, I tell these guys all the time that we'd probably do in the last year, like four deals if we didn't follow up. Uh, you know, we would have been out of business. Yeah, absolutely. Nine months ago. <laughs> so, no, that's awesome. Uh, what I'm going to do just real quick, I know we're super busy. Well, I've got one more question. <laughs> Just tell us, you don't have to say addresses or anything, but what have we got in the pipeline right now? Like in closing contracts, just just roughly. Like how many or um, we've got um, one. I'm actually just sent out a contract last night, two contracts that I got back last night. I got one back from Augusta. Uh, we've got one that Jeremy's helping us move here. I just picked up another one today that we agreed on. She'll sign this afternoon. I've got one, two, three being inspected, and then two closing with a hedge fund. So we've got a lot going on. <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> okay. Now, that's awesome. Well, I appreciate it. What I'm going to do is I'm going to swing you around, see if these guys got any questions they can fire at you. Um, because it's like I said, it's important for these to be seeing it from somebody else, you know, that what we've actually got going on. Um, so Joe might have some questions as well. So I'm just going to slide us round. So guys, have got any questions? Hopefully. No? Everyone's gone crickets. <laughs> it's getting to be uh, lunchtime. Yeah, yeah right. it is. It is lunchtime soon. But um, any questions, guys? Because I have a couple. Yes. You mentioned that you work with a hedge fund. Give some more detail on how you got that structured and, and how what kind of processes they require to submit information to them and, and how that process all takes place. Did you hear the question? I, yeah, yeah, I think I, I did. First of all, and I'll just let Melissa answer the question for real, but I'll, I'll be somewhat 
for real and somewhat seriously. Be prepared if you're going to work with hedge funds to lose your religion. And with that, I'll say, yeah. Let my wife speak. <laughs> yeah, I say all the time they will drive you to drink um, very quickly. So all hedge funds that we've encountered so far are an absolute nightmare. They are very hard to get in touch with. But if you ever get the right person where you could submit, the process for submission is easy. But typically getting past that, so they'll typically make you a bid, which will come out of the gate and you're like, that's great. Well, then you got to get through their process of inspection. And then typically they're going to drop the price or just either drop the property altogether. They pull out at any minute. I mean, it's just, it looks like a good deal because you're going to make a lot more money with a hedge fund, but there's just so many more processes and hoops and headaches to go with it. Um, the thing I will caution you against because we've done it is don't get too tied up and sending a lot of properties and thinking you're going to make a ton of money with the hedge funds because you'll lose sight of doing deals with your local buyers and it will quickly eat your lunch. We've been there. We did it. We got caught up in the funnel and the money was coming in. It was great. And we had all these processing, but when they stop, they stop and they don't care who they offend. They don't care who loses what when they're out, they're out. Yeah. So. I mean, they're an equal opportunity offender and you know, you can, this topic itself could be an all day, all day, yeah. um, all yeah. day. Uh, and I'll just add, add to that. I mean, we had to put in, you can't just assign deals. You've got to close yeah. on them. You need to bring money in. There's so many more steps and you can't get up to the chain who makes the decision. I mean, we have, we've done pretty good, but we've lost <clears throat> in terms of time. I mean, we lost, a, I mean, to, to be honest, what did we lose? 12 deals? Oh, I know know for sure we lost 12. If I went back and looked at it, I'd probably cry because it was probably closer to 20. Um, Yeah, yeah, three steps forward, two steps back. The deals that you you do close on, some are really, some of those margins we couldn't have gotten elsewhere. Yeah. And then sometimes they'll turn around again and and just think, really, is that the best you can do? But we're just playing by their rules at that point. Yeah. So, I mean, it's good to do deals with them if you can. Just be prepared. Make sure your contract is so that you can be prepared if they pull out, that you can do something else with it. Or either you let your seller know up front. Yeah, your contract with the seller is what she's Yeah, the contract's got to be right. We, sure. we had to change that contract with sellers because we had to let them know up front, look, this this could be good. We could all be happy or we could all be deflated. So we yeah. just give them the heads up whenever we we know we're going to try to move it to a hedge fund. Yeah. Yeah. Because that is just to add on that certain criteria. When we talked earlier about controlling the buyer, that one, that's one thing you can't control with a hedge fund because you're real small and it's all volume. So there's no control in them. And that's a problem in this business. If you don't have control, normally you will lose and i mean we won sometimes we lost a lot <laughs> well it was never money it was only predictions right so yeah. we say that we lost the money because we never had it yeah it in two clothes signed we're talking we were just waiting on the dates and they still pulled out yeah so we, we didn't lose any money i got my feelings hurt i think we all did a lot because we were projecting a lot of money not knowing that they were about to pull out uh, so we didn't actually lose the money. We just lost a lot of time. Yeah, one one reason for that, it was the end of the year last year, and unbeknownst to us at the time, 
is when their investors, their mega million dollar investors can sometimes freeze their funds. And that's exactly what happened. So when I say um, equal opportunity offender, everybody who was in the pipeline along with their agents, everybody just got got left out in the cold with with those deals. So it wasn't just us, which is why we didn't take it personally because everybody we were talking to were 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 totally um, affected by impacted by that. So the very quick version: if you're going to try to deal with hedge funds, deal with them in the first two quarters of the year to leave them alone in the last two quarters. Yeah, because you never know when their money is going to bail, and they have good money for the first two quarters. After that, all bets are off. Absolutely. Any other questions? Yeah. Yeah. How many? How many? Do we close on the phone? How many contracts do we get on the on the phone versus going out? Uh, 98%. <laughs> uh, I've sent very, like I get almost all of our contracts on the phone. Yeah. And I think a lot of that has to do with your price range in the neighborhoods that you're dealing with. I would say somewhere in the about the 75 to 150,000 at least at least here in the southeast. That price range Melissa handles a lot and does on, on the phone. Yeah, tip, typically if we're getting into the higher end properties like three hundred, five hundred thousand and up, uh, they're not going to want to do a contract on the phone. Obviously, those are large deals. So, but those deals are also few and far between. So, typically, you're going to have your bread and butter rental properties, or like he said, your fifty to one hundred fifty thousand dollar properties, and they're usually pretty easy to work with. So, I'll, I try to lock up everything on the phone. It doesn't always work. Um, sometimes they're just adamant that they want somebody to go out and look at it, but I already know up front. I've already told them what my offer is and that going out there may not change that. So, but I mean, there are occasions where they just want me to see it first. Yeah. Hi, I'm Jane. I used to driving to dollars. I can hear. Are we, are we still using people driving for dollars? We are. Uh, <laughs> it depends. <Yeah. laughs> not Gary's budget, we're not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got I got uh, chided for for making a, a a pay decision on 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 some of those, but we we do. And uh, and we're kind of. I've got probably a, I would say six out there now. When I say out there, I mean people that have submitted leads. I haven't done a real aggressive driving for dollars campaign. I will say that Craigslist ad, when I advertised 20 bucks an hour, I, I got sure. about 50 responses to that in two days and I couldn't, I had to take the ad down. Yeah. So we felt that we went in a little high, you know, so we were going to try and do $10 an hour because the <clears throat> wage trial balance is probably seven bucks, I would think. But yeah, it, and it, again, it's trying to control the lead flow though. Yeah, and controlling. I mean, Kerry did a good job of organizing that and showing, mapping where we wanted them to go, where to be driving. You have to be careful. Someone working 10, 20 bucks an hour, they just, they'll drive all day for you. <laughs> you know, so um, you have to track that, but it's, but it's a great list. As much as we joke with Kerry about that, we still did $20,000 on the first deal from it. So it paid for itself. Yeah. So... If you lock up a contract on the phone, kind of what's quick, what's the next steps? Are you going to take photos, or how does the showing work? How does getting the photos from the buyers, or even do you do that? Or 
Yeah, so it kind of depends on the area a little bit. Like in Mississippi, I have a girl that will pay $50 to go take pictures. And then after that, I'll just market the property down there. But honestly, in Mississippi, it's pretty much all a hedge fund market. So I don't really have to do a lot of inspection. Uh, in Alabama, we have a guy that we pay a percentage, a small percentage. He'll go out, take pictures, do a walkthrough video. He markets the properties, finds us a buyer, shows it. And, you know, once we get a buyer, just send it to closing. So, but now there are properties that we do go out and see, but they're typically the higher end properties. So, you know, if we're talking about a two hundred and up thousand dollar property, we're going to go out and look at it ourselves because typically those sellers aren't just going to want somebody random to go in and take pictures. Yeah. Any other questions? Joe, honey. We appreciate you guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's our, our honor and pleasure to be a part of all this, even, even though it was uh, not planned. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Joe. Yes. Flu face here. Just remember that. I want a disclaimer when you throw this video out everywhere. <laughs> Didn't you see I wore an Alabama sweatshirt the other day? I'm yeah, it doesn't matter to me. <laughs> we like Mississippi State. I don't care. <laughs> I have to send you a Mississippi State sweatshirt. If you do, I promise I will wear it on my next video. <laughs> I'll get you one in the mail. All right. Awesome. Hey, All right. thanks, guys. Thank you, guys. Bye, guys. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, guys. Cool. All right, thanks. Bye. <laughs>